Hey fellow riders, it's your host Rusty James. It is Monday, October 12th, 2015, and this is the ride. Welcome to a brand new week. Are you ready to tackle this week? I think I am. Take the bull by the horns. I don't know what exactly that means. I can't really picture that in my life. I'm going to guess that that's a good thing. <laughs> but I'm going to take control of this week the best I can. And that which is uncontrollable, I'm putting in God's hands. How about them apples? Speaking of apples, our family went to the orchard this weekend and we had fresh apple crisp last night. Oh my goodness, it was yummy. Just thought I would throw that out there because the tastes of the season, I love them. Which reminds me, I need to get some coffee because I didn't have my coffee yet this morning. But that's not gonna keep me from the Word of God. What I wanna do is look at Psalms 15 this morning with y'all. So if you got the Bible with you, get there. Okay, Psalms 15. Lord, who may dwell in your sacred tent? Who may live on your holy mountain? The one whose walk is blameless, who does, who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from their heart. Whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to a neighbor, and casts no slurs on others. Now, let me stop there a minute. The question that David is asking the Lord is, who is going to be able to dwell in your sacred tent? Now, the, I guess that's the question we ought to be asking ourselves is, do we want to spend time in God's sacred tent and live on his holy mountain? That's a reasonable question to ask because... Unless you know the Lord, you might not realize the draw to those things. You might picture the tent of the Lord and His holy hill as something that you want to run away from because you know your life, you know what you've done wrong, you think God is going to strike you down with lightning because everybody talks about that. And you think that that's who God is because you are recognizing him through what you've done wrong. I mean, that's, we've done that. I know I'm speaking the truth because I felt that way. But as you come to know the Lord more and more, you realize that that's not how he operates. How do you know that? Because the word of God gives you a better picture of the heart of God, who is full of mercy and gives grace to those of us who are wanting to know the heart of the Lord. I want us to be that way. So as we walk each day, I truly believe that we will understand the Lord just a little bit more. And understand is maybe not the right word, because pick understanding, you tend to, I don't know, picture that as a mental activity but it's more a heart activity 
an understanding of the heart of the Lord. So you know how I go off on tangents a lot. I, I spoke to a woman at our home group last night, the fearless group that we've been doing. Didn't know this about her, but she was a black belt, or is a black belt. And it might have been 20 years ago that she did her formal training and hasn't been doing it to that level of competition as of late. But I said, do you still remember, you know, a lot of that stuff? I mean, if I were to come try to attack you this way and I put my arm out, um, instantly she just reflexive, reflex knew what to do with her hands immediately without even thinking without the mental part I'm sure it was almost what you could call a heart reflex she didn't have to consciously think about it now I know I know I know underneath it all your brain is the one doing things but I'm kind of drawing a slight parallel as you spend time with the Lord more and more, you start to get His heart. You start to make decisions like this black belt without having to do an, a lot of conscious thinking about your response. It almost comes natural. Well, before Christ, our natural inclination was to operate in the flesh. And after we become a Christian, and after He changes our heart, and He makes a spiritual change within us, we start developing our heart muscle, if you will, with a different fuel, with God's fuel. And we have inclinations to do things that align with Him more than the old way. Does it happen overnight? No. But it does happen. So let's get back to Psalms a minute here. So, I guess the understanding I want to have is that as our heart matures, we want to seek the things of the Lord. So we will want to seek His sacred tent and His holy mountain. Wherever God is, that's where I want to be. I found that that's where the safest place is. You like to be around safe people, don't you? Let me phrase it another way. Do you like to be around unsafe people? I need to be where I know I'm safe. So assuming that those are things we want, we want to dwell where God is. We want to be in a safe place. Well, then you got to look at what this psalm is telling us. He's saying for that to happen, your walk has to be blameless. And you've got to do what's righteous. And you got to speak the truth from your heart. Let's stop right there. If you've done this heart change and you're starting to make these changes with your heart and, and align it with the Lord, guess what happens? Your heart starts speaking more and more truth. 
Why is that? Because your heart's aligning with the truth. But notice that it's saying you've got to speak that truth from your heart. So your heart might be aligned with truth, but you've got to speak it. In other words, you've got to say stuff that you know is true, even though you don't feel it. Because there will be days where you don't feel that you're victorious or that you can forgive people and still, you know, be all right. Ultimately, it's really not about us. It's about God in us. If you can be selfless and let God get the glory instead of us, it makes it a whole lot easier. So what are some of the other things here? Well, back to the speaking whose tongue utters no slander. I do not want to be slanderous. Who does no wrong to a neighbor. What would that be? My neighbor comes over and asks for a cup of sugar and I give him a cup of salt instead. Oh my, that would be terrible. <laughs> I would never do such a thing. What you gotta do is you gotta do unto them what you would want them to do unto you. You never know. They might be baking a pie and going to be bringing it over to you. That reminds me of a movie I saw once. You know, Facing the Giants and um, Courageous and all of those. Well, they're made by the same producers. And one of their first movies, I think, was called The Flywheel. Yeah, I think that was it. I checked it out. A friend of mine had recommended it, and the whole gist of the movie was this this uh, car salesman sold a car, I think it was a lemon, to a pastor. You know, and it's a small town, so everybody knows who everybody is, and I'm sure this salesman probably went to the church, because I'm picturing it being a really small town where there's like one church, so everybody knew everybody. And... Uh, and so the pastor, when he bought the car, he said, well, let me pray with you, um, salesman guy. And he prayed a prayer, something like this, you know, um, Lord, we just want to thank you for this great opportunity. And Lord, I just pray that you will bless this salesman in the way that he has blessed me. <laughs> that was the gist of it. I thought that was brilliant. And of course, the whole movie plays out and uh, the salesman, I think, comes to realize the error of his ways and gets some things corrected in his life. So why did I bring that up? I don't know. I just went on a tangent. I thought it was fun. I love them. Tangents. They're great. But if I get back into Psalms, I might figure out, oh yeah, what you do to your neighbor. There's a whole idea about the, the cup of sugar, cup of salt thing. <laughs> you give a guy a cup of salt instead of a cup of sugar, and he bakes you a pie, and then you have to eat it. That's what I was getting at. Well, what else does it say in this? So it says, you know, who will, who will live on the holy hill? Whose tongue utters no slander, who does no wrong to neighbors casts no slurs on others. He who despises a vile person, but honors those who fear the Lord. 
No, so we have to despise the vile person. Interesting. So we touched on a subject here that, you know, I thought that we're supposed to love everybody. Well, I think we are. I think we're supposed to love everybody and give mercy to the to people. Maybe how we're supposed to read this is we're supposed to despise the vile that they do. And maybe what's being said here is more... We probably ought to figure out what the word despises is in the original text, because maybe it doesn't mean what we think it means. But I think the gist of it is, don't be hanging out with the vile person. You need to separate from them. That might be the appropriate way to read that scripture. And most importantly, hang out with those who fear the Lord. There is a holy fear. I fear fire. It's a good fear. If my house is on fire, I fear what it could do. And that causes me to act in a certain way. It causes me to be safe in my home. It causes me to be prepared in my home for what could happen. It causes me to have a mind of safety for my family. All of those things are brought about by that holy fear. Well, we have a holy fear of our Lord. And it's a, it's a respect. That's what it is. I respect what a fire could do to my house. Therefore, I take precautions. And I, I learn to understand it better. If that makes sense. And in a very similar way, I fear the Lord. And I need to understand it better. And I take precautions to understand Him better. I think a holy fear brings about the desire to not be ignorant. No ignoramuses around here. Let's not be ignorant. There is a scripture that says that. Let's not be ignorant. That's your homework. Find that one. So let's keep going. Who keeps an oath even when it hurts. Ooh. I'm going to promise this. And there might be some pain involved, but I will keep my word. Don't tell a promise or a secret to Michael Scott from the office. It will get out. What was the dilemma? To tell you or not. And I'm glad I did. I feel very, very good. I'm thinking Michael might not be hanging out at God's holy hill. Michael is a character, by the way, not the actor. I don't know the actor's deal. Don't know his dealio. Ooh, this is interesting. And who does not change their mind? Well, I thought we're supposed to renew our mind. That's right. That's right. But I think what I think the gist of this is, in re, in regards to maybe your word, changing your mind on your word. That's what I'm thinking. Kind of an oath thing. And it says here, someone who lends money to the poor without interest. Ooh, ouchie. And who does not accept a bribe against the innocent. The gist of this whole thing, you want to be in God's holy hill, you want to spend time with the Lord, you follow these commands here, and there'll be one thing that's really cool about it. There's one thing that's really cool about it. It says, whoever does these things will never be shaken. So how do how does someone get shaken? 
I think when they're rattled and their uh, their environment causes them to question things or or not know what the answer is, maybe be double-minded. Uh, if you don't know what you think about something, you don't know what to do. That's the shaking I'm thinking of. Or if if there is uh, someone who gets injured in the family and you just don't know what to do. I, I don't know what to do. What do I do? It says here, if you can do these things, you'll be in the place where God is. Ultimately, that's what that's saying. You'll be where the place where God is. And I think when you're in the place where God is, these things that are earthly, they don't shake you like they would if you were not hanging out with the Lord. A picture, God is very massive. And not in size-wise, in mass wise for those physics students god is very massive he is steady he doesn't change he's truth today and tomorrow he is love today and tomorrow he views sin the same today and tomorrow and he views us the same through jesus christ and what he did the same today and tomorrow. He doesn't change, and he's this massive object. And when we're with him and we're joined with him, no matter what is happening, we're steady because of his mass. He doesn't change. We can rest firm in that relationship. But without it, do you remember those days? Things shook you. It wouldn't, I mean, it could be just a look from somebody could shake you and mess up your whole week. Let's remember that God sees you in a way that's so much better than we even we see ourselves. So before you want to let your own opinion of yourself govern who you are, remember what God sees in you. And it's really, really helpful to be spending time in his holy hill, in his sacred tent, because the mass of the Lord will keep you steady and walking forward so that you can continue to stay in that word and you can continue to live in peace and pray for those who persecute you so that when the world wants to shake you, no shaking, baby, I'm steady and I am resting on the rock and I will see you on the flip.